and welcome to the Euro Trips podcast. Domestic football season might be over, but there's still plenty of things to talk about. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm this week joined by many of our regulars. Our first guest today is a man who covers Italian football on this podcast. I'm here with Ryan Masanji. How are you? Very well, thank you. Good stuff. And also here with a man all the way across the pond. I'm here with Mr. Jonathan Dix. How are you? Living the dream. How are you, Andy? I'm very good, mate. Very good. I'm, um, yeah, exams all done now. Enjoying the bright and sun at the moment. Um, yeah, good times, good times. Um, finally, a man I saw as recently as last Friday for a concert, uh, Naeem Page. How are you? I'm very good. Like you said, the weather's been good so far this week. Mm. So I can't complain. And yeah, it's just, I like, I like the summer anyway. Off seasonal football. I haven't got to worry about Arsenal for a while. So yeah, I'm, I'm loving life at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you, you may have a nice home kit, but um, it's about so, it, it's, um, <laughs> I, I, it's hard to know with Arsenal. I don't know what you boys think, but I think, I don't know whether you've announced anyone to come in yet. I don't know whether, you know, who you've been linked with, but I also know one man that you were linked with that has now not gone to you guys um, is Darwin Nunes, who has joined Liverpool literally in the last two hours. Um, and yesterday, of course, uh, Erling Haaland sealed his long-awaited move to Man City. So top two teams have now got their new strikers, new number nines, both similar sort of hairstyles, similar sort of builds. Um, who do you guys see out of those two having the biggest impact next season? Uh, we'll go to you first. Jonathan, we'll go to you first. I think the key will be if Holland can stay healthy, if, if he's fit, if he doesn't continue to have those muscular problems. I easily see him having an immediate impact in Pep's side. I think Nunez will take a little bit more time for Klopp to develop, but um, I think it's all going to depend on Holland's injury history because especially this last season, it's not looking good. Um, and then we'll go to you, Ryan. Um, what are your thoughts on these two signings? Haaland, good. Darwin, no. Do you reckon? Yeah. I don't, I... don't rate Darwin Nunes not as highly as other strikers that were available on the market. I think he's had, he's had one good season, really, for Benfica, which was a very good season, admittedly. But... <laughs> You know, we've watched a couple of Portuguese games. They're not the highest standard. And in my opinion, I think it, I don't think he'll have an immediate impact. I think he'll do well maybe in a season or two. I don't see him doing that well to start with. I think they, they could have got a better striker for less money. I mean, one thing I will say, first of all, that in terms of taking a while settling, in, I think we have seen that with Klopp players. We've seen it with... Um, you know, Fabinho took a while to get into Team Robertson. Um, I know people like Salah and Van Dijk obviously instantly got in the team straight away as well. But I think in terms of, you've got to look at Salah, he came into Liverpool after one good season. And also, I've watched a bit of his highlights and of course we saw him play against us. And he does seem like a clock player in terms of he can sort of drift into out wide and century and also he can track back quite well. So I think he is a long-term replacement for Firmino. But I do think that um, I think that Klopp's manager he is, he, he gets the best out of players that necessarily that you don't think will succeed. Like Robertson came from a hole that went down. Wijnaldum of Newcastle went down. Salah was seen as a flop at Chelsea when he came on. He was seen as a Southampton player, a bit inconsistent. 
Um, Fabinho came in, Van Dijk, Alisson, Fenner, they came in as like stars. But a lot of these players will um, crop buys become stars when no one actually thinks they will. And I think I've I think I think both these players were hit off straight away. I think that Nunes, me, he's he reminds me of like Cavani mixed with Firmino. I think he has a, I think there's something about him I really like, and I think that any other team, I think maybe he may take a while settling, but I think under a cop team and a cop system and a manager like cop, I think Percy Nunes, even even if he takes a month or two to settle in, I think by the end of next season we've all seen the best of Nunes. See, and I think that personally they, he will be a perfect replacement for for me in the long term. And I think with Marley look like he's gonna leave, I think he can perfectly fit in that role playing wide and also centrally. I mean the good thing for them both is there's not an immediate pressure on either of them to hit hit the ground running. Neither team they've both shown in the last couple of seasons they don't necessarily need a 20-goal season striker. They can both still win titles without them. So I don't think there's an enormous amount of pressure on either of them coming in. Obviously, yeah, they've both got you know massive price tags. Fair enough, but. I think they'll they'll both do well. I just think Haaland will will rip it up. I think he'll just he's just gonna be so good, almost unstoppable. And I don't see Darwin Nunez having that kind of impact. I f- he'll still score goals, but just not not as many as Haaland. I mean, I'm, I I agree with that with you. I think Haaland will be the better of the two. I think he's just for me the best striker in the world in terms of striking his age, and I do think that. As long as he, as long as I think, obviously, his system, his style of play is different to Pep's, but I do think that one thing Pep is great at is making players adapt to his style of play. And I think even if Haaland, you'd see like Roger took a while, Roger took a year, Grealish has taken a year, I reckon he'll do well next season. I think um, it may take Haaland a while to terms of adjust to the style of play that Pep likes, but I think once, once he does that, I think there's absolutely no stopping him. And I think that in terms of his age and in terms of, you know, his goal record in the Champions League as well as in the Bundesliga, I think that he will, in the next five years, be seen as the best striker in the world because Benzema and Lewandowski will both be retired or past it by then. And I think that he's going to be the tree. He's the next big, big next, next big man. I do think, personally, he actually will have a better career long-term than Mbappe, personally, because I think that he's, unlike Mbappe, he's gone to win trophies rather than for money in terms of, I think, obviously everyone knows what Mbappe's done. And I think that, if you've gone to Madrid, I think that would show a lot more ambition from him. So I do think that Haaland will have a better career in terms of trophies and in terms of bigger, better legacy. But I, yeah, so I think I think Haaland is a great signing. I think it's worrying for the Premier League. My only hope is that Pep leaves and someone else comes in and he and he gets the worst out of all the players. But yeah, I think even if someone else comes in, I think they'll still smash it. Um, other news today. Oh, sorry, before we go, um, Naeem, what were your thoughts on the um, on the transfers? Yeah, Haaland. Um... Haaland's a good transfer because obviously they needed a striker and I know obviously they won the league without a striker last year but you know um, in certain games in the Champions League where they was they playing a false nine um, ha- Haaland being in there now I think yeah, he'll, he'll just sweep up but it, it just depends whether he can stay fit because he has got a bit of an injury record so if he can stay fit then yeah he'll be a good signing Darwin Nunes uh, players from the Portuguese league usually do well when they come over to um, England so I reckon he'll do well, but like Ryan mentioned before, yeah, he's only really had one good season, so 
I don't know. I don't know whether he's overhyped at the moment, but you know, we'll see what he can do. But I think it'll fit your system well because you lot create so many chances as it is anyway. So he'll he'll do well. Might take a while to get settled in because you know, Portugal to England's completely different. You know, Portugal only really have a couple of good teams in that league. So yeah, I reckon he'll do all right, but it'll take take a while for him to settle in. Yeah, I mean, I reckon next season both strikers may take a bit to set in a few months, but I think once both strikers get going, that'll be good. Um, other news today, Spurs agree a £25 million deal to sign Brighton's Ilyas Basuma, which is, for me, would be a brilliant signing for that money. Um, Manu is still in talks with Frankie De Jong from Barcelona, and a former Premier League player, Premier League legend, Vincent Company is now the new manager of recently relegated Burnley, which I think is an interesting one, because on paper... I think he's got all the capabilities to be a good manager. And I think if if he does that for Burnley, I think they've got a great, great man there. But the theme of our podcast today, we're we're doing a two-parter. So the the first podcast you'll hear today will be our best team of the season. We're all giving our starting 11s our best teams of the season for each of our respective leagues. And then part two will be the other side, the worst teams of the season, the worst players from each league. So our first league, this week is going to be La Liga, the, of course, the league of the European champions in the Champions League. So, Naeem, give us your starting eleven and reasons why for each player. Right, so in goal, it's pretty obvious. It's going to be Courtois, you know, as part of Real Madrid's title-winning team. He kept 16 clean sheets this season and he only missed two games. So, yeah, he's he's... He's he's getting he's he's getting better with better with age, obviously Courtois. Um, obviously seen him at Chelsea, but yeah, it was it couldn't it couldn't be anyone other than him. Um, in 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 the back back in the back sticks. So I've gone for Courtois as my goalkeeper. Uh, with my full backs, um, I haven't really gone. F- I've gone for like two left backs, but one will be playing right back and then the other obviously left back. But my right back, I've gone for Javi Gallan from Celta Vigo. Uh, he, he was part of the defence that kept 12 clean sheets, which is which isn't too bad for Celta Vigo because they're pretty much a mid-table team. Um, he played all all the games but one, and you know, so I'm getting a bit of feedback there. Um, yeah, so yeah, like, like I was saying, yeah, he, he's good going forward as well. Yeah, he only got three assists, but you know he um does he does link up well in Celta Vigo's attack so I've gone for him as my right back even though he does play as a left back for Celta Vigo my center back I have gone for Diego Carlos who's no longer at Sevilla he will be joining Aston Villa um this summer and uh, you know he's part of Sevilla they're, they're a team that doesn't really concede much goals but obviously their their problems are more obviously going forward but you know they conceded. They conceded the lowest amount of goals in the league this season. He kept 13 clean sheets, and yeah, he he thought, he had formed a good partnership with Jules Kunde, who obviously was linked with a move away from Sevilla last summer. But yeah, I've gone for him as my centre back. My other centre back is another Real Madrid player. Uh, I've gone for David Alaba. Came in uh, on a free from Bayern Munich. He's played the majority of games with Militar, who's had a good season as well. And, yeah, he's also contributed to two goals and three assists. So, yeah, and any player that you bring in for free and, you know, just fits in perfectly in your team, it's an easy choice for me. My left back, I've gone with 
Jordi Alba of Barcelona. You know, he's been he's been there for, for such a long time now. You know, he's been a mainstay as a left back in a left back position. You know, he had good good joy going down the left wing when Messi was there. But he played 30 games a season, played pretty much the majority of their games for Barcelona. And he contributed to two goals and 10 assists. And if you remember, he his goal against Atletico Madrid was my goal of the season. So, yeah, he's had a good season um, this, this year. So, yeah, we'll see what he can do next season. Going into my midfield, I've gone for a three-man midfield. So, obviously, my formation is 4-3-3. First midfielder is Luka Modric. Even at the age of 36, you know, he's still showing that he hasn't lost any any qualities that we've seen over the last, like, last say, decade um, that he's been at the top level. You know, he's, he, he played about tw- more than 25 games for Real Madrid. And yeah, uh, it'll be good to see what what they he does next season uh, because obviously they've got Valverde, they they've brought in Tushemeni as well, and they've got Kamavinga who's had a good season as well. So yeah, and he also he contributed to two goals and eight assists last season in the title winning team. I have a centre midfielder. I've gone for Nabil Fakir. He obviously a mainstay in Real Betis his team, and. You know, they near, he was part of the team that nearly got Champions League football. They just fell off a little bit at the end of the season. But, you know, they're, they're, they're quite a consistent team getting into Europa League for the last couple of seasons. And, yeah, he, he had a good, decent amount of output this season. He contributed with six goals and eight assists. And last midfielder I've gone for is one that's more of a defensive midfielder. And I've gone for Busquets. You know, he's he's been in, he's been in a midfield for the last decade or so and he's not really lost his place even though Barcelona have got other great midfielders like De Jong, Gavi and Pedri coming through at the same time but with him he always puts 100% in to his to his, to his game and yeah I'm going with him. So going into my forward positions, uh, left wing was a pretty easy choice. I've gone for Vinicius Jr. He's had his best season uh, on uh, so far in his career, um, thanks to Ancelotti, he, him and Benzema, you know they've they've created a good good partnership between the two, and you know he played he played 30 games, and his output was crazy this season, he, 17 goals, and 10 assists. So you know 27 goal contributions isn't too bad for a left winger. So I've gone for him. On the right wing, I've gone with. Usman Dembele, although he didn't really feature too much at the start of the season because obviously he was injured and everything. Uh, when Javi came in, he's he's, he's like a like a different player really. I know he might be playing for a move away because obviously he's in his, he was in his last year of his contract. But although he pretty much only played like half of the games this season, he ended up um, the top assister in the league. He only started 15 games uh, this this season. He only scored once, but he managed to record 13 assists. So, yeah, if he does sign a new deal, it'll be good to good to see him because he's, he's, he has been a good player, Dembele, but he's just always getting injured. You know, he, he was good at Dortmund and, you know, he came in for a hefty fee. But, yeah, I've gone for him as my right winger, uh, simply with the fact that he's got 13 assists in 15 games started. That's, that's, a, that's a crazy record, if you ask me. And going up front... It's pretty pretty obvious who I'm going to be going for, and it is Kareem Benzema. 
you know, at 34 year, years old, you know, Real Madrid's team is a bit of an aging team, you know, they, they are starting to bring through some youthful players. But yeah, he's just had a great season leading the line for Real Madrid. Um, he's great in the Champions League as well. And yeah, there's not really too much more I can really say about him, really. He obviously he finished um, top goal scorer this season with 27 goals. And he's he's good at assisting as well. And he recorded 12 assists. So yeah, I've gone for Benzema as my striker. And yeah, that's my my team of the season in La Liga. Fantastic. And we met, you mentioned then in your team this team of the season that Jordi Alba got goal the season, of course, in our second to last episode we did give our awards and I did do a poll on Twitter um, with all the different awards we did and find out what you guys listeners thought and who you thought should win each award so I'm going to go through before we head to Jonathan for his league we're going to quickly go through who won the award for each of our categories so for player of the year Benzema won it with 73% of the votes Salah got 20% Berardi got no percent and and Kuku got 7% Young Player of the Year was won by Vinicius Jr. He got 63% of the vote, with Vert and Liao having 30%, and Bakayo Saka, amazingly having just 11%. Manager of the season, Eddie Howe won with 55%, beating Pioli and Fisher, who got 18%, and amazingly, Ancelotti only got 9%. Goal of the season <coughs> did go to Salah against Man City. He got 71% of the vote, with Stotterbeck and Hernandez's goals getting 14% each, and Jordi Alba's getting 0%. What? Signing of the season, Tammy Abraham won it with 55% of the votes, with Luis Diaz next with 27%, David Raum with 18%, and sadly Danjano with just 0%. And then finally, the worst signing with a 100% in favour of Lukaku, beating out <laughs> Torres, Shromadov, and Sabitzer. And that is a wide mixture, I think. I think at least one of us had a vote for each of those, maybe apart from Jonathan, but. Um, yeah, I think that I'm still shocked that, you know, what's it called, that Saka got such low votes. But you can't really argue with Vinicius. He had a great season. And, of course, he scored a winning goal in the final. Of course, Lukaku, I mentioned him then. He is, looks like he's, um, obviously, unanimously our worst signing of the season in terms of the votes. And also, it looks like he is going back to Inter Milan. So, I think that Chelsea fans are quite happy to see the back of him. Interesting, interesting point actually on that. Um, obviously, I mentioned Darwin Nunes before. He is now um, the fourth or third most expensive signing in Premier League history. Um, mm. And looking at the other signings that have been made in that top five, not really worked out that well. I mean, the top no. signing is Jack, Jack Grealish, who went for £100 million last summer to Man City. Um, that hasn't worked out yet, but I do think that a lot of time for that to recover. Lukaku is, in, is twice in the top five. His move to City, not City, United and also Chelsea, they didn't work out. And neither did Pogba's as well. And how Maguire is one below Nunes and his has been a very mixed bag. So, yeah, I think it's interesting that as well, that a lot of these big signings actually haven't worked out. But um, I think we'll see on that one what happens with Nunes and any other big signings that do come for some ends. Um, Jonathan, over to you now. Give us your Bundesliga team of the season well i've gone with a little 4-4-2 here uh, i just feel like it's the easiest simplest form and i've got a feeling my team against all of your guys's teams is um, probably going to shock the world and, and take this one you know we're going to start and go with mark flecken sc freiburg through and through received a call up to the dutch national team this year he's 
Um, been unbelievable in, in his first real season of starting goalkeeping play. He did a phenomenal job. It was one of the top in goal saved. Um, pretty much was in the top three or four in every single goalkeeper category in Germany. Uh, last season, he was planning to start, but suffered a really freaky elbow injury in a warm-up session. Then Freiburg had to bring Florian Müller in, who's now Stuttgart starting goalkeeper for a one-year one, uh, one loan for that season. And Flecken was given a second chance by Freiburg and has more than proven his worth this season. And I'm now starting to get afraid as he's been linked with Ajax, a move back to Ajax or a move to the Netherlands. So a little concerned there, but hopefully Freiburg can hold on to him. I've also gone with another Freiburg player and captain Christian Gunter as my left back. Uh, Gunter's been so good these last few years. He carries Freiburg, and they had a phenomenal season this year. They finished sixth, qualified for the Europa League, and everything that happens with them usually comes down that left side with that link-up play between Christian Gunter and Vincenzo Grifo, um, one of the fastest players in the Bundesliga. And, you know, without Gunter, you know, they'd be maybe a mid-table club. I mean, he does that much for the squad. <laughs> and finally, Nico Schlotterbeck will round up my Freiburg players as my first center defender in my back four. Um, you know, you guys know all about him. He's been so good now going to Dortmund. Uh, it's unbelievable, unbelievable play. Freiburg got about 20, 25 million from him. You know, unfortunately, should have gotten more from a player like that. But, um, yeah, he's going to be so good at Dortmund, I think, especially paired with Sule. I mean, BVB really, really needed a new back line, and that's exactly what they got. Finally, my last center defender, I'm going to go with Evan Ndika from Frankfurt. Played extremely well in the Europa League and had a very good Bundesliga season as well. Four goals, four assists. You know, I need a center defender back there who's, you know, can make those game-saving tackles and also can put a few away as well. He's lethal on corner kicks. Great season from him. Right back, I'm going to go with Jeremy Frimpong. You know, he had an injury there towards the latter end of the season, but when he was healthy, um, no one was better on that right side flying forward. Came over from Celtic, the Netherlands international, and... Uh, has just been so, so good. Speedster as well, one of the fastest in the league. So he and Gunter on both both sides as my fullback sort of wingers. Um, you know, I don't think any of your guys' teams will come close to stopping that. And to go even further, I've got Christopher Nkunku and Musa Diaby on the wings on the outside. So more speed. You guys are welcome for that. Thomas Muller and Yashua Kimmich. And the midfield, Kimmich, can play it right back as well, but I'll have him as my number six. Muller had, you know, a great year as well. Didn't put away as many goals as he usually does, but, you know, is so good. and Has an assist nearly every game. Um, and so they'll join, of course, Christopher Nkunku, who was the Bundesliga Player of the Year, and Diaby, who could potentially make a move to Arsenal. 55 million, 60 million. They seem to be very interested in him. Finally, my two players at the top to round out the 4-4-2 are Robert Lewandowski, Bundesliga goal-scoring leader yet again. He seems to be on a quest to get to Barcelona as soon as possible. It's going to be a long, drawn-out fight with Bayern Munich, who don't like to let players like this go, especially not for cheap. And so they've 
recently countered Barcelona's offer of around $30 million, uh, to $50 million now, so at least they're willing to let him go as a return to the Bavarian club does not look like a possibility at this point. But who knows if that transfer will go through. I think they'll let their guard down at the end, and he will get his move to Spain. But, you know, what a season. What a, you know, nearly a last decade for Bayern Munich has been unbelievable. Patrick Schick, you know, still has a few bumps here and there, injury scares, but seems to be that next guy in line in Germany to succeed Robert Lewandowski. So that's my 4-4-2. That's my team of the season. And, um, yeah, I guess there's nothing left to say other than good luck beating that. And he fell asleep. Apologies, I, I was on mute then. I thought I was off, I was off mute. Um, <laughs> just wanted to say that, that um, I thought that team was very Bayern, Frankfurt and Leverkusen heavy, but I like it. It's good. Um, Ryan, over to you, our penultimate league of the, um, of, the, of the episode. So fire away with your team of the season and formation. So my team of the season, I've gone with 4-3-3. I don't want to make it too overly complicated. So, to start with, in goal, for me, this was an easy choice. I've gone with Mike Magnon of AC Milan. Had a very you know, tough task ahead of him, supposedly, when he came in, you know, especially to replace someone like Gigi Donnarumma. But he's uh, done it seamlessly, really. 17 clean, she- clean sheets in 32 appearances. And uh, he ended up with the highest save percentage of any goalkeeper across the top five European leagues last season with 79.4%. So that was pretty straightforward in terms of my goalkeeper. My back four, at right back, it was a little bit tricky between two or three players. I went with Juan Cuadrado um, of Juve just simply because of his input in terms of goals and assists and... Although he's more of an, an attacking sort of right-sided player, sometimes operates on the wing or you know in sort of that hybrid midfield role, um, he is pretty much a right back for Juve. And for me, he had a very very good season. Uh, my centre back pairing, Bremer of Torino, again easy decision. One of the best players of the season. I actually think he was voted the young player of the season, if I'm not mistaken, in Serie A. Had a phenomenal campaign for Torino, linked to a lot of big clubs, and rightly so, he's a fantastic player. To go alongside him, this was 50-50 really between uh, Koulibaly and Tomori. I went with Tomori just just because he was part of a team that won the title, and Napoli ended the season a little bit disappointingly. Both players had you know great campaigns, but for me, Tomori was exceptional for Milan this season and to complete the back four easy choice at left back Teo Hernandez of Milan again had a wonderful campaign scored some vital vital goals especially towards the end of the season and he's for me one of the best left backs in European football in terms of my midfield three Sergei Milinkovic Savic is one of them just because he was phenomenal this season for Lazio. 
you look at his numbers, 36 appearances, 11 goals, 11 assists, and he was just a machine for Lazio this season. Someone, you know, a centre midfielder, although he operates a little bit more forward, he was excellent for Lazio, and there was no way he was not getting in this team. In terms of the next one, I have gone with Lorenzo Pellegrini of Roma. Again, just had a fantastic season. Uh, 27 appearances, contributed to 16 goals. You add goals and assists together and was a mainstay at Roma's side and one of their better players throughout the season. A little bit inconsistent in season for him, but he was very, very good as ever. And finally, my last midfielder is Nicola Barella of Inter. Again, just a player that's continuously getting better and better. Played all but two games in Serie A last season. So, you know, mainstay in his, in his uh, season. 12 assists as well, which is very, very good for a midfielder. Uh, didn't get so many goals. Only got three goals, but was vital to in his challenge for the Squadetto this season. And moving on to my forwards, Domenico Brady is the first of which, again, goals and assists, 29 goal contributions in 33 appearance. Now, that's one of the best throughout Europe, and he was by far and away Swallow's best player, which isn't easy when they've got the likes of uh, Skamaka as well, who, again, had a very good season. Swallow got a lot of talented players, so... You know, not an easy thing to do, but he was brilliant and there's no wonder he's being linked with so many big clubs. Um, on the other side, I've gone with Rafael Liao. Again, just improving at a rate of knots and someone who more or less plays on the wing, but I can see him ending up as a you know fully-fledged striker. His finishing is just phenomenal. And again, he's, uh, he's going to be a big player next season for Milan. And finally, to finish it all off, my striker is Chiro Immobile. It was, a, it was a little bit difficult between him and Dusan Vlahovic, obviously. Vlahovic didn't play as many games. He only played 21 games all season and scored 17 goals, which is brilliant. But Immobile played 31 and scored 27. They both got the same amount of assists. But considering... Vlahovic sort of swapped mid-season as well. I nearly leaned to him, but Immobile for me at 32 is one of the most underrated strikers in Europe. For me, he's one of the top five strikers in Europe and just continues to score goals every single season, especially for a Lazio side that are not a top four team. They're normally sort of within the top six maybe, but they're kind of like the Tottenham really of Serie A. They don't challenge for much, but always lurking there or thereabouts so wonderful season from him and that concludes my team of the season Fantastic and one player you mentioned then is Malinkovic Savage who I swear every window is always linked with a move to the Premier League or mm. um, why has that never happened? Is this just one of those players that are always linked that never gets a move or is there another reason why he's never made that move to the Premier League? I mean it's all you, you very rarely see I mean, it's, it's, it's more so with Italian players from Serie A. You don't often see them move abroad. They always like to stay in Serie A, more so because it helps their chances of getting into the national team. 
for some strange reason. But with him, I think it's just the fact that Lazio have demanded such a high fee for so many seasons now. And from the reports I've actually seen over the last few weeks, they're not actually demanding that much for him this time, which makes me think he could potentially get a big move. Where to, I don't really know because I don't see many of the you know, absolute elite clubs screaming out for midfield. I mean, there are some, but not ones that are in the Champions League, in my opinion. So I, I think he'll be at Lazio next season still. There's not another Italian club with that kind of sort of financial firepower to be able to bring him in. But he's, he, he's, such, a, he's such a good player. He, he goes under the radar again. Same with Mobley. Maybe it's just because they play for Lazio and, you know, you don't see him in the Champions League week in, week out. But they are supremely talented players. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think we will see him eventually. But then again, Koulibaly never moved. We always thought he'd move eventually out of Napoli, but never did. That's true. So, something about that, Serie A, make players want to stay. I mean, mean, he's only 27 as well, Milinkovic Savic. So, he's only now starting to really approach the the absolute peak of his career. So, it would be, you know, the perfect opportunity for him to move. But, again, unless it's a serious upgrade for him, then I, I can't see him going anywhere. No, maybe maybe 27, maybe if he was 23, maybe then players might have looked at, maybe now he's getting towards 30, maybe teams are going to be less likely to want to spend a huge dollar on um, on him. Maybe so, I don't know, I mean 27's not, you know, it's not it's not young, but it's definitely not old either, he's right in the middle and he would, he would seriously upgrade a lot of clubs. I personally would love him at Arsenal, unfortunately. I don't think we'd, we'd attract them at the moment without Champions League football, which is a shame. Uh, we have been linked to him, but again, it's, for me, that would be a similar scenario to that of Dusan Vlahovic. So, um, yeah, I, again, I think he'll be at Lazio next season. Fantastic. So, our final league, it's Premier League. And, of course, we all know what the PFA team of the year was, stuff like that. So, for me, my back five is exactly the same as what they did in PFA. So my goalkeeper is Alison Becker. I think that whilst Mendy had a good season, Edison was once again solid. But I think Alison was just a little bit better. And I think he made more important saves. And I think he was absolutely brilliant in goal for Liverpool. Um, back four, so obviously right back is Trent Alexander-Arnold. I think that for me, there's only one of the four right back that um, was as good as him and Spoiler, he is in this team as well. Um, of course, Trent finished the season with two goals and 12 assists in the league with 19 assists in the, in all competitions. And I think he's been... Yeah, I think whilst you, you can question him a lot for that final and the goal that we conceded against Madrid, I think he um, should be held more, more accountable for that than he has been, I think, at this stage. But I think that overall, um, you can't really argue with Trent's contribution towards the Liverpool team that fought right to the end. And... Got broken, got my heart broken by Man City right at the end. Um, back four, obviously two centre backs. They've got Van Dijk and, and um, Antonio Rudiger. I think both players scored three goals each in the league. Rudiger got, Rudiger got two assists, Van Dijk got four. But um, I think Rudiger, first of all, I think there's a reason why Madrid have just signed him. I think he's had a tremendous season, scored some wonderful goals as well. And Van Dijk, you have to really credit him because he's come back from a massive 
injury that he's had. He spent the whole, most of last year, injured and missed. And we all saw the impact that had on our defence when he was missing. So to have him back and he's come back and whilst he's had, he's had a occasional games where he's not been at his best, I think overall across the whole season, he's been fantastic. I think he's just proved again why he's the best centre-back in the world. I think that he has been outstanding and I think he's just a huge credit to him that he's come back from such a big injury and performed as well as he has. And then left back is Jao Cancelo, who has played both positions out wide with one goal, seven assists. I think that the, the, the defence was good from City. I think he was the outstanding man in that defence. I think he contributed going forward and also held that massively the back. And I think that he was a massive part of City's team this year that won the league. And I think that there's no one else. I mean, Robertson was close. I think he had another good season. But I think it was just, in the end, you can't really argue with Cancelo and his team. So my midfield is different to the PFA team of the year. So I'll just read you out what a PFA team of the year was in terms of the, mid- the midfields that they did. So the midfield they gave in their team, um, once I can find it, um, it was Thiago, it was Bernardo Silva, and it was Kevin De Bruyne. And my first midfielder, I think De Bruyne, I'm also easing the team, so I'll put him in straight away. He's the attacking of the three. So I think Kevin De Bruyne, I think... You can make he got Premier League player of the year, where Salah got PFA player of the year. And I think De Bruyne has been absolutely outstanding once again. I think he, for me, I think he is the best player in the Premier League. I think he's the best midfield in the world. And I think that he, with everything towards the end of the year, everything that went good for City came for him. He played well in the most important time of the year. He scored some really important goals, especially against Wolves. He scored four, I believe, that game. Uh, he finished the season with 15 goals, eight assists. Um, in 30 games in the league and I think Kevin De Bruyne was once again outstanding and he was absolutely crucial towards that league win. Um, Alongside him I've gone for two holding midfielders, Um, so no Thiago, no Bernardo Silva in my team. My first player I mentioned crucial goals, Rodri for me gets in his team, he's got seven goals, two assists and he scored some massive goals this season in the league and he scored in that final day against Aston Villa, he scored uh, against Arsenal on New Year's Day, which in the end, both of his goals played their part towards the winning league. And he has just had some massive, massive goals in this season. I think that, for me, he is the reason why, that is the reason why, I should say, he is in this team. I mean, looking at the goals he scored in the league, he scored against Arsenal in that 5-0 as well, which obviously was crucial towards goal difference. Um, scored in an Arsenal win. Scores in obviously big wins against Newcastle and Watford. I think he's been absolutely crucial towards this City team. I think he's been one of the best players in the world in that position this year. He's been absolutely outstanding and I think that he has to go in. And of course, his handball won in the league as well. Let's not forget that. Um, and then finally, my final midfielder is Declan Rice. I think that West Ham had a good year. Obviously, Europa League was an amazing season, amazing season for West Ham. Obviously, I hate using other tournaments in the Premier League team of the year, but I think Declan Rice has been outstanding in the Premier League as well. And I think West Ham have had a great year. And I think they would have got a lot higher in the league, maybe even top four if it wasn't for that Europa League campaign. He's been absolutely outstanding. And Declan Rice, for me, has to go in this team. Um, my right winger is Mo Salah, of course. How could I not put him in? PFA Player of the Year for the second time in his career. He scored 23 goals, got 14 assists. He scored, he's got the most 
league goals and league assists in the whole of the Premier League. So he's got award for both. Um, and I know he had a bad second half of the year compared to his first, but for me, the goals he scored, especially the ones against City and Watford, arguably the best two of the entire league season for any player. He's just been outstanding, and I think that you can't really argue with that. Now, left winger, I am absolutely, I was absolutely shocked that he wasn't put in the team of the year. Um, Youngman Son, well, 23 goals, got nine assists, and none of his goals were from the spot. They were all from, they were all from, they weren't from a free kick or corner or a penalty kick. They were all from um, sort of outfield play. Youngman Son was excellent. Um, he's a huge reason why Spurs got top four. I think Kane resurgence in the second half of the year was also a big part, as well as Conte coming in. But I think that Youngman Son, he's had a great end to the season and he scored so many important goals at the right time that he scored. In his last uh, five games, he scored six goals and got two assists. I mean, he's, he was brilliant towards the end of the year. Um, scored th- uh, five goals in three games early on as well. He's been outstanding and I'm, I'm absolutely astounded that he wasn't in team of the year. And then finally, this one I was stuck on, probably the hardest one to choose, I'd say. I was torn between two players in... Sadio Mane and Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Ronaldo, because he scored so many important goals in a team that weren't doing well. I mean, he scored 17, 18 goals in the league season for a team that finished seventh, seventh in the league. I think if it wasn't for the fact he was called Cristiano Ronaldo and the fact he was playing for Man U, that's why I think he's been subject to a lot of stick this year from people, media and fans, etc. I think if he, if he scored those goals and he's a non, non-known non name and he's playing for a team like, I don't know, who's a really bad team? Everton. Always like saying that one. Um, I think he would have been talked about a lot a lot more highly than he has been. I think it's just because of his previous standards he'd set. And of course, Mane as well, because um, second after year, he started to play false nine for Liverpool and he was really integral towards that title push that we had, um, as well as new signing Luis Diaz. Scored a lot of goals, scored, I think, 16 in the league in this season, just gone. And in the end, I gave it to Ronaldo in the end, purely for the fact that he did it more consistently across the whole year. But that is my Premier League team of the year. And we will, of course, put this out on socials in our polls. And once again, for the second year, we will do our combined Euro trips uh, team of the season. And we'll let you guys vote as well. But that has been part one of our podcast, our best team of the season we will see you for our second part shortly for our worst team of the season so we will see you then <laughs>